Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Did You Have To, the podcast where we review live action adaptations of your favorite animations. And well, we're just two bad bitches of anime, in all honesty. You said it. I did. You said said the thing. I did the thing. (laughs) The thing was done. Yay, our new tagline, which I love so much. Because he came up with it and it's so damn good. Thank you. Thank you. But it's facts. We're bad bitches who talk about anime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, we we talked about the last episode. Our show has kind of expanded well beyond just we're going to watch shitty movies and get drunk watching them to we're going to talk about all the things anime. Yeah. Look at how far we've come. Look at look at look where we are. It's, it's almost like we're weebs or something. I know. Like, uh, but <laughs> in all honesty, did anybody ever expect for us to just keep it to? Yeah, we're just gonna watch live action anime movies. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not at all. Not a single soul who follows us on Twitter. That's for sure. Nah, that was never gonna happen. But you know, <laughs> if Funimation would stop, sorry, I just gotta get. If Funimation would just stop taking all the live action movies down before we could get to them then maybe we would actually do a live action exactly <laughs> like our goal was to do parasite uh because that was on funimation and it's spooky but it's gone now so for months it has been there for almost maybe even the years it has been there and yep. then also tokyo ghoul yep that was also there and then it was gone every time it's, every time it's very frustrating very but one day, we'll get back to it. Maybe next yeah. week. We're trying. Uh, but what we're doing this week is we reviewed Cannon Busters, which was one of our most waited for series from Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're doing the second one, Ses Manos. Yay! So uh, excited. I'm, I'm super, super, super excited. Um, I have been... I mean, so obviously we're going to skip Crunchy Time because we watched Ses Manos this week. It came out mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend, so it was just binge, 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 which it's a super bingeable show. It's only eight episodes, and they're only Yo, 30 minutes each. So easy to binge. Like, I was kind of upset when I got to episode six, and I realized I only have two more episodes to go. Oh, yeah. I had that moment where I was like, should I keep going? <laughs> I do that so much with anime where I'm like, ooh, but if I watch these next three episodes, then it's over. I'll yes. just I'll, I'll just put it in a bucket and never touch it again <laughs> until like the next season comes. Then I'll watch them. But no, Seis Manos is too good to not finish. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't know too much about Seis Manos, Seis Manos is a Netflix original anime made in conjunction with Viz Media from Powerhouse Animation. Uh, what other anime does Powerhouse Animation do, Nisha? Castlevania. Yeah, the one that like actually put Netflix on the map for producing good adult animation. The best. It is so good. It is like Netflix's best anime. Actually, I would rank this after Seis Manos now, though. And that's, <laughs> ma- that's mainly because... Castlevania only gives you four episodes for the first season. It's so short. It's so short, but that's the only reason I give. I would like rank them differently. Oh, and but, those vampires are gorgeous. Oh my god, so gorgeous! And yeah. Trevor ba- Bell. Oh, mm. I love mm. Castlevania yes. so much. <laughs> oh god, dang it! No, sorry, this is a Seis Manos review. It is a Seis Manos review, but Not a Castlevania. <laughs> The cool thing is, is I would argue that Sesmanos very much fits into the vein of spooky because there are monsters, mm-hmm. there are piles of bodies, yep, and it is so dark and so good. You can definitely tell that it came from uh, the same studio as Castlevania. Yes. And honestly, I thought about this because I've been seeing your tweets. I'm like, Sesmanos is truly, like, I feel like it's the holy trinity of Kate. Of- yes. It's anime, it is spooky, and Mexican. Yep, it's me. It's, it's Kate. It's me. Like, That's how you like, make a Kate. <laughs> That's the transmutation ingredients. And that's it. That's how you get a Kate. That's how you get it. There we uh, go. Yeah. But I actually I love that you say that because I've been telling everybody it's magic monsters and Mexicans. What more do you want? Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's truly your brand. I was just like, this. there has never been an anime I felt has truly been your brand till this day. Like, obviously, 
I can pick out a handful of anime that you like, but then I was just like, this was made for Kate. This is this is hers. This is her moment. It's uh it's real good. And it's real good for a lot of reasons. So uh mm-hmm. the story itself, uh so so the you talked a little bit about Cannon Buster's origin, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Sismanos. Yeah. Uh, Sismanos was co-created by Brad Graber and Alvaro's, uh, sorry, Alvaro Rodriguez. Um, and it is the first major adult anime, adult animation that focuses on a Latinx story. But in the course of this episode, I'm not going to use Latinx. I'm going to say Mexican because this isn't mm-hmm. about a pan-Latin identity. This is a very Mexican story. Um, in the stylings, in the Spanish used down to the folk religion that ends up coming into it. Like, this is a Mexican story. Um, and it's set in 1970s Mexico, and it revolves around three orphans trained in the Chinese martial arts, Isabella, Jesus, and Silencio. Um, when their Sifu, who is also their surrogate father, Chu, is murdered, they join forces with Brister, who's an DA, uh, American DEA agent, because, you know, America's always got to be there. And Officer Garcia, who is a Mexican police officer for the town of San Simon. And they do this to avenge him. And the cool thing is, is it it's not really a regular whodunit. It's more of like a we're going to find out who did it in the first episode. And then it's just going to be a whole bunch of cartel monsters, magic and a lot of blood after that. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, that says Manos. <laughs> Perfect summarization of it, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, I think I like from all of our discussions. I, obviously, like we talk a lot about representation on this show, and together when we're not recording. So like, I kind of I really enjoyed. That's like one of the things I really enjoyed about the show is just like it's specifically focused on Mexican culture mm-hmm. instead of like like you said like it's great like to be inclusive of like latinx culture as a whole but then it's like it's really nice that like when they that they zeroed in on like a specific part of the culture yeah um and something that made me so like it's really hard too because like i i i sorry i don't want to talk about all the things that says manos is inspired by but like it's really important to it um because uh so Americans know uh, most of the time exploitation cinema. Like ex- exploitation mm. cinema is drugs, violence, sex, whole bunch of stuff. And Americans know black exploitation cinema, which is essentially what Brist- uh, Brister stands in for. Um, but a lot of people don't really know exploitation, which is mm. an entire subgenre of the exploitation genre itself. Um, and that is firmly rooted, uh, Sesmanos is firmly rooted in that, although it does reference other forms of exploitation cinema. This is very much where it comes from. Um, if you do know about exploitation, you're probably going to know about Robert, uh, Robert Rodriguez's films. So from Death Till Dawn, Desperado, El Mariachi, those films. And you can definitely see an influence from, from Death Till Dawn in this uh, in this series, especially with the monsters and like the religion behind it. Mm. Um, but the amazing thing is that uh, exploitation, exploitation cinema and kung fu cinema have always had this really beautiful relationship. It's something that black exploitation did really, really well. Um, and this uh, this series brings up exploitation to meet it in the same way that other subgenres have, which is really beautiful for me to see as a fan of the of kung fu cinema as well as exploitation, because the cool thing is each character, uh, Isabella, Jesus, and Silencio, like, they each have their own form of martial arts that fits their their personality type. Mm -hmm. So, like, Jesus is the most recognizable one, which is drunken boxing, like... I mean, everybody saw that Jackie Chan movie. I... Yeah. <laughs> like the drunken master. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's the one that we know the most in the U.S. And then you mm-hmm. have Isabella's, which is Hungar. Um, and that is, Hungar is what we see used in, uh, by the by the Earthbenders in yeah. the Last Airbender. As well as, um, you kind of see it a little bit in the Kung Fu Panda movies. I know it's a weird reference, but <laughs> stick with me No, here. but it's... It's iconic, like the two fisted, like I can't, I don't know what the move is called, y'all. But it's like the the punch where you <laughs> like you lean over. Two yes. Fist punch. yes. Um, and those have styles. Uh, in Hungar, 
um, embodies five animals, so tiger, crane, snake, leopard, and dragon. And then mm. you have Silencio, who uses Bakme. And Bakme is also known as white eyebrow. <laughs> hint, hint, because he gets a white eyebrow. <laughs> um, but the really, really cool thing, and I'm, you can cut me off at any time, I just really love this anime and how much work went into it. <laughs> um... Bak Mi is actually a form of Kung Fu that is not modified for competition because of how deadly it is. Mm. Literally nobody uses that in competition. It is the type that, like, you do to kill people. Which okay. makes his personality is, like, the most angry one and the most volatile white fits with that. Whereas Completely Hung, makes sense. Right? And, like, Hungar is, it's firm, it's sound, and that's Isabella. And then you have mm-hmm. Jesus, who like literally drinks his problems away. So drunken boxing is <laughs> perfect. So yeah, um, I knew I recognized the drunken boxing, but I actually uh, DM'd uh, the crea- uh, one of the creators, Alvaro, uh, to ask him specifically because in the show you can tell that their fighting styles match, but you don't mm-hmm. really get names for what they use. So I, I DM'd him and I was like, "Hey, what what did you style them after?" And, like, they actually mm. looked at how these moves work and how bodies look when they do them and animated it. And it's it's chef's kiss. It's so good. <laughs> That's dope. No, I'm just, I'm not going to interrupt you. I, I'm enjoying all the knowledge because I didn't know, like, their styles either, but I could tell. And that was one of my things I really liked is, like, each of these characters are very unique in their fighting styles. And I think that's something that's really dope about it. Because it's just like, and it like you said, it fits, their fighting styles don't only fit like their design, it fits their like whole entire personality. Like how you said, like Isabella's like very sound and she's like the one who's trying to come up with a plan or the logical one, whereas mm-hmm. like Silencio is very quick to like, I'm gonna snatch your throat out. Exactly. <laughs> and Lit- quite like, literally that. <laughs> literally i'm gonna just snatch your throat out and like i realized i'm like there's a reason why he wasn't allowed he wasn't allowed to to spar with the other ones wasn't there i think i think my favorite move from him is where he uh it's when they're going into albalde's uh compound Mm -hmm. and isabella sees him and then he just looks at her and then just like pokes the dude's temple out and kills him and i'm like oh shit yeah that was so good and so forceful and i'm scared yeah and a little turned on but anyways (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong right right but it's like at the same time he was just like well i tried not to kill him but uh, did he (laughs) no exactly Uh, but that is one of my favorite things is just like you can see like the the efforts that they put into the martial arts of the series like and like I, it's dope that you were able to like research and ask them about it because i would have like not known where to start as far as like what's the style and what's that style mm-hmm. but it's interesting to like know that too because it makes complete sense like those are the styles that they each have yeah and i think what makes it really beautiful like as a viewer as a critic as 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 kate is there's <laughs> nothing uh and i'm specifically nothing with 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 the siblings that is an afterthought like everything Mm. that they represent every character archetype from exploitation that they represent every every move every relationship everything that they do is so well crafted that they feel like whole characters yes which is sometimes hard to do when you have like when you have a show that is so violent and I I mean, I don't know who your favorite character was, but surprisingly, Silencio was mine. And, like, he mm-hmm. does not speak. Like, that's why his name is Silencio. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have a single line. Oh, he has, like, one line of dialogue. But, like, he he doesn't speak. But yet, the way he's animated and the story that they build around him is so good that I was most drawn to him. Mm-hmm. Isabella's a close runner-up, but, like, Silencio's my my number one for me. Yeah, I would definitely say, oh, for ranking them, Isabella's my number one. And uh, I love Jesus, 
So it's like Jesus and then Silencio. But it doesn't mean I love Silencio least of all. It's just like, I think I kind of liked the whole, after they find out that their master dies. Because mm-hmm. like, at first, when we're like introduced to the characters, like, oh yeah, Jesus, he's like, Jesus seems like he's like the comic relief. And like, oh no. Like, like him being in the bar and like having the guy, showing the guy, showing him like to punch him and he just wants to fight and he doesn't want to feel yeah. pain anymore. I'm like, oh, he, it made me feel like yeah. more feeling and it's just like Isabella's trying to hold them all together and but then it's also like, there's just like so much I like about all of them yeah like Silencio not I don't know like he just puts up this wall again but his siblings are still trying to get there and like be there for him it's just uh it's just I, I don't know if I can rate them now yeah <laughs> it's hard it's hard because like I do love them all like I love Jesus and I do think he has he has moments like it there's this show hits in really like unexpected emotional beats because of the genre mm. like the ending of the first episode with the statue falling <sighs> yo dude, i did not see that i was like what the hell i didn't think they were going to do it yeah i was expecting like Jesus to come in to stop it from falling Somebody like somebody to come and like grab him real quick for Silencio to do it, mm-hmm. but like it's it's and it's it just happens so quickly, and it just sets the tone, but yeah. like very quick, like even you know what you're getting like, into, Ooh. yeah. Well, like after that scene, because like I would, I definitely would agree, like it up until that point, like it's weird, like the entire opening of the series opens on this ritual. Mm. which is deeply baked in like so like mexicans and and other like the other people too but like uh a lot of mexican catholicism because of colonization and it being forced on us Mm. on on indigenous indigenous peoples means that when we practice um and i use we loosely because i'm not catholic anymore but like when my family would practice when mexicans would practice um there are things that carry over from indigenous life and there are uh like saint veneration is something Mm -hmm. that is on a whole nother level with mexicans um and there is an entire and they call it a cult but like it's called santa muerte Mm-hmm. And it is the exact, almost the exact iconography that we see El Balde, who is voiced by Danny Trejo, everybody's tío. Um, casting. Okay. It's Sorry. so good. So good. He's so scary. I love him. I just, and like my first introduction to that man was Spy Kids. Oh, yeah. Tío Machete. So, yes. <laughs> And so, like, after that point, I'm just like, this man is dope. And he just seems scary, but he also seems, like, super cuddly. Like, if once you get to know him, just give him an Oscar. I if love he doesn't him already so have much. Oh, he's the best. And he also liked our tweet. So, and... I died inside when he liked my tweet because... Or he, oh. liked, he liked our tweet because I was like, oh, my God. He saw something that is on something that we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Does he know who I am? He's Theo. aware of our existence. Theo. He might. He might. Kate. He might be. He might follow you now. What? You can't die on me if he follows you. I'll try not to. No, I'm not doing but the show. Still. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was just so dope. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. But yes, his casting again. I think it's perfect in his voice acting. I, I I never doubt. Never doubt that man at his acting ability. Never, 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 never. Uh, but you were saying, um, yeah. Um, so uh, El Balde has a uh, a religious cult. Uh, pretty much is called <laughs> Santa uh, Santa Nucifera. Uh, uh, looked up Nucifera. Uh, it's not an actual word. It's like mm. a genus for coconut. So okay. that's hilarious. I don't know how they came up with it. I would love to know. Um, but, uh, essentially what it does is it takes Santa Muerte and r- makes it into something that is attached and different, um, while still retaining how it looks and the purpose. So, uh, Santa Muerte is a cult that worships, um, a religious, a folk religious practice that worships the personification of death. Uh, because of this, like a lot of criminals, cartels, like it's, a 
she's technically like this patron saint of narcos but there is mm. like when you when you distill it to that you miss that there are uh towns in mexico like tepito uh where people pray to santa muerte not because they're criminals not because they're narcos but they pray to santa muerte because death finds all it's it's the only equalizing Uh. factor it's uh she's she can give and she can take away because it's they live in towns that are so plagued with violence that there's no one else to turn to um Mm -hmm. So when you read a lot of uh, there, there really aren't any good scholarly books out currently on Santa Muerte. They're all like really from like that white person lens. Like mm. this is all crazy brown people. But ultimately, like worshiping Santa Muerte is not that different than like my grandma having the Mexican Virgin Mary in her house and praying to that instead of Jesus. Like, okay. it's it's fairly the same thing. Uh, that being said, they use it to build out. Uh, monsters mm-hmm. and it's so good because they like eat things and they use all these like catholic rituals to right. then turn people into monsters and it's so good so like going just want to add to that so like with the ashes mm-hmm. like is that because my first thought was like oh like ash wednesday because like when like and like they'll take the ashes and the, it's to symbolize you know the, like they'll put on the foreheads of the participants, and it's supposed to symbolize believe in the gospel or repent. So mm-hmm. is that like I kind of, like my assumption was like oh so is this like their way of like dedicating their body as a sacrifice to become these monsters or like believing in her powers? Like so, I was I was just curious into that. Yeah, it's so, like the way I took it when I watched the show is that it was because like if you notice whenever he turns people like in the beginning at least when it's still structured after mm-hmm. he essentially gives them communion. Yeah. Um, which is the ashes, blood, pieces of, of the body. That's um, true. They, he has him, them pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, the, I think it's just a ritual for them to do that. But yeah, gotcha. Ash Wednesday, like I, I'd be really curious if that's what they, that, if that's why they chose to do the ashes first, or if it was mm-hmm. just to like showcase that they can do a cross and make it real weird. Cause it did. Yeah. And, it was and I think it's. It was definitely the cross that made me think of Ash Wednesday because, like, you know, they yeah. usually take the ashes and they make it in a cross. And, like, mm-hmm. him doing that, I just assumed, oh, so, like, it's symbolic to that. Like, granted, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not Catholic. I'm, like, non-denominational Christian, which, yeah, I'm not. I'm not Catholics well-versed. are weird. And Mexican Catholics are the weirdest. I have been me. to maybe, like, I've been to two. I've been to an Irish Catholic church service and I've been to a Mexican Catholic church service. And as it like as like friends brought me and I was just like, I don't know. I don't it's do any lot. of this stuff. But it's just like I did but I was just like I learned a lot. I just, I'm just <laughs> like, oh, interesting. But then again, this is why I'm non denominational. Honestly, sorry, we're not gonna get into religion on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's related to six miles. <laughs> I just um, but yeah, like the, the Catholic imagery just lends so well to building out this magical world. And then uh, what they also do is there's this concept in not concept, like people believe it's real. Again, I'm an atheist. I don't believe it's real, but it's really deep in our culture. Is a We are under- truly like an odd couple friends. We are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of my favorite things. Like this is one of my great friends. She's an atheist and likes anime and I'm a Christian. And I like anime. We get along great exactly That's, and people from the outside are just like how i'm like we do <laughs> oh, that's um, great uh but yeah they, there's this thing called curanderismo uh, I, I hate conjugating stuff in spanish i'm not a native speaker so like give give me a break people listening please um but uh curanderismo is a, a faith healing practice um, people who do that are called curanderas, which uh, you you see um, uh, Gab- uh, Garbalina called that, or Garbina called oh, yeah. that, um, the old curandera. Um, mm-hmm. And they have connection to the world in a different way um, where they can access essentially the earth and spirits and heal people. Um, and the cool thing for me is this is the third... Uh, curandera or curandero that I've seen this year in media. Um, the first one was in the Curse of the Arona movie, which is awful, awful movie, but the curandero was cool. 
<laughs> uh, the Terror Infamy uh, uses a curandera in an amazing way. And then now I have the curandera here who's strong as fuck. And I love that old lady. She's mean. And she reminds mm. me of my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I do love her, though. She's dope. Like, and then you get her backstory and just like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I love her. Protect her at all costs. Um, yeah, it so those are just some of the things like we can talk more generally now, but like those are some of the things that like really hit me when I watched it. Um because mm-hmm. they're like they show the detailing, but then they also show the real Mexican things that are that are going on. Um and it and <laughs> a show just hasn't hit me like this like before. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get to be heroes. <laughs> Like, ever. We don't have any. I mean, we have, like, El Santo and stuff in, in, like, in Mexico. But, like, when you look at, like, the state of media, we're nowhere. We don't get to be Latinos on screen. We get to be aliens and shit. We don't have... We're the largest demographic in the United States, and we get 5% of all rules in media. It's the lowest percentage per population. Mm-hmm. It's... It's awful. And then I have something like Sismanos coming into my life. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, I'm not going to like it just because it's Mexican. But there is a depth to it that it is better because of it. Because I can see things and identify with it and see pieces of my heritage and my family and and my identity in it. Like, hell, I was so happy that they made Isabella, like, muscular. And they didn't mm-hmm. make her, like slim like tiny like they made her like she has been training her entire life as a martial artist right no like arm goals for real yeah she's my arm goals now honestly my whole body goals. yes yes i was doing cardio today and i was like i gotta look like isabella (laughs) (laughs) it is great motivational Um, um but yeah no it just it touched me a lot and it it it's partly the 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 mexican notes to it and but the other part is just my deep love of of exploitation film and kung fu and robert rodriguez's monsters and (laughs) it just it all sings for me like you're right like this is me (laughs) this is you and it's anime it's spooky and it's mexican Mm -hmm. and it like first i appreciate you just like being able to like speak to a lot of this stuff because like i i there's a lot of things i didn't pick up on and that i'm not aware of but I appreciate, like, the the detail that's gone. Like you said, like, there's so much detail they put into it from, like, the martial arts side of it to also just the characters and then, like, the, adding in elements of the culture mm-hmm. that I think truly makes this so special. And like you said, it's, like, I typically am the kind of person that's like, I'm going to support a bunch, I'm going to support diversity and inclusion, but it's like, I'm not just supporting it blindly because yeah. of these things. I'm supporting it because it is good. And yeah. that's, that's what's most important to me. I want to, like, it is, I'm going to support it. I'm going to watch it. And of course, I'm going to give it a shot. But like, it's just like, the, I'm not, it's not good because it's this. It's good because it is good. Exactly. And, it, and it's great that it has this. So yeah. I, I think it's just like something that a lot of people, I hope to see more of. I'm glad this yeah. series exists now. No, I, I hope it opens agree. the doors for more. Because like, yeah. <laughs> we've had to... And like speaking as for as a, as as both being women of color, we've had this discussion about seeing ourselves and not being reduced to just a side character. Yeah. Or and then specifically, like like you said, the statistics speak for themselves. Like I can identify. There's more black women characters out there for me, but it's not that it's not always going to be. It hasn't always been that great. But then like yeah. how we've talked about in anime specifically for us as we are anime nerds. We have we have Yorichi from Bleach. Yep, and Chad. I got Chad. And Chad. We, can, <laughs> we, we got Chad. Chad, we can definitely confirm. But it's like, when we find a black character or like a brown character in anime, we immediately are like, we get excited. But then at the same time, we have like this apprehension of like, oh yeah. no, like, are they going to die? What's, what's going to happen to them but then it's like it's also part of it is like some of the characters that we see that are like brown or black or like a, a person of character, color that isn't like Japanese in an anime 
half the time they don't aren't really given an ethnicity. Yeah, like they aren't given a, a culture. They're just there, and like with Cannon Busters, for example, everyone is brown, black, different shades, different like different appearances. But it's not like there is in Africa. There's not like they're all. It's I can't say they're of African descent. I can say they are black. Yeah, but I can't. But it's also saying like these are people. These are people of color cast. Like I yeah. can't. Like I can't basically say like oh these are African American characters in an anime. Yeah, I can't say that. I can say that they have these features and stuff. But it's like, but this like Seis Manos allows you to say this is an anime with Mexican people. Yeah. With the culture infused in it. And I think that's so dope. And I'm like, uh, and I just want to make that clear. Nothing against Cannon Busters. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think it's great to have the culture and all these extra things added into the series. We don't have to be. It. Yeah. Like we don't have to be Gamora and Valkyrie. Like we actually right. get to be who we are. And it's no there. like, I love Tessa and I love Zoe and I love their mm-hmm. characters. But at the end of the day, she is still an Asgardian and she is still a green alien. Thank you. Because we've had this discussion where I think I have shouted to the to the void on Twitter multiple times when I said the first black woman with speaking lines in the MCU was Alfre Woodard, not in Luke Cage, mm-hmm. but, in a, but in Ultron. Yes. That yes. was the first time. And then, shoot. Yeah. That's about it. And she only had maybe two to three lines and was gone. And we yeah. did not hear anything from her ever again until she magically appeared in Luke Cage, which we just imagined that she was a spy. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't Cosmic matter for Cosmic. Don't matter. Cosmic <laughs> don't matter. When you, it was like, we can use her again. Put her over there. But the point is, and then people are always quick to be like, well, what about this person? I'm oh like. Oh, my God. Oh. Like, yeah. Gamora is an alien. I am specifically saying a black woman character. When we say we don't see this ethnicity and character, you can't say Gamora, an alien, and Tessa Thompson, another form of alien, are those ethnicities in that universe. That's not how it works. It's great to have those those actors in those roles, but they don't count as those ethnicities being represented. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably using ethnicity and race backwards, but yeah, sue me. No, I mean, like, I, I think you're completely right. Like, we we run into this thing where, like, I we have we have quite a few Latinos in the MCU. Michael mm. Pena is the only one who gets to be Latino, right? Nobody else does, and he makes mm. a deportation joke his first time, like his first movie, like Yikes. not a good look. And no. again, like we're we deserve that spotlight like Mm -hmm. i like we deserve to be our heroes and seeing this manos which is just it is it is just that hero myth like we are the heroes we are the villains we are Mm -hmm. we are there it means a lot um which is, is is phenomenal to watch and and honestly um it like the only thing well there there are like two things i didn't like about about sesmanos but like the only mm-hmm. thing that i didn't like really was a lot of brister's dialogue yeah that because was my... like he literally just like makes fun and shits on the curandera the entire time and he like he he's low key bigoted. <laughs> like he does not yo, like Mexicans. No, he's yo, it's, he's bigoted. He, like, it's not even low key. He said he said D- I don't speak Mexican, and I was yeah. just like Jesus Christ, Father it's, God. It's it's real bad, and I yeah. So and I figured part, it's sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I figured it was part of like it's set in the seventies, and there's this like not what's the word. He, prejudice like obviously like there's this prejudice that he has and i think it's like the, i don't know if it was their way of showing like yeah different races have prejudice against one another so and mm-hmm. and that's and he definitely does like he shows yeah. up yelling about police and all this shit not even trying to talk to people just like it, it's just and then like the whole I don't speak Mexican, or how do you say this in Mexican? Like, he said it multiple times. He's like, and the dude, I love that the mango stand man was like, because that's not a language. Yeah. And he just, like, stared blank at him. I'm like, you dumbass. Like, 
And well, I and that's it. why Ooh. I really liked the the fucking uh, the moments in the curanderas house where Garbina's like every time he would say something shitty, she would just send him flashbacks to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He deserved <laughs> um, it. Oh yeah, and, and it's one of those things where like I. So one of the cool things, one of the other cool things about Sismanos, and I say this as somebody who isn't fluent in Spanish, they don't subtitle anything. Like, mm. the Spanish is just there. If you're watching it with subtitles, you get that Spanish word in Spanish. You don't get English translations. Like, it just unfolds, which is beautiful to watch. They did the same thing in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it's trusting. It's one explaining who your target audience is and mm-hmm. it's to treating us like we're normal um mm-hmm. and so i understand that having brister there works to be the stand-in for a viewer who isn't mexican or mm-hmm. isn't spanish speaking but he didn't have to be so bigoted <laughs> oh yeah and I mean, like, I the only thing I could do is like I chopped this up to it being the seventies, but yeah. Brewster was truly like black dynamite. Yeah, like, he was definitely just black dynamite times ten on the prejudice. Exactly. Just like, oh god, it just and it was and, like, also. Ugh. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, that was just like that was one of my pet peeves, and like, is he ever gonna stop saying speak Mexican? That, <laughs> that was just, it was like nails on a chalkboard every time he said that. Like, I'm just embarrassed. Like yeah. you, know, you, 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 like you represent us all. Stop it. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was, I was being one of those black people. I'm like, you represent us all, and you are embarrassing us. <laughs> I know that's not the case, but I'm like, I chopped it up to like, oh, I get it. It's the time and the setting, but it's just like, oh, geez, like it, I just it really didn't. It didn't feel necessary. Like it, it felt like yeah. it took me out of it a little bit. It was a little forced at some yeah. parts. I, I think I, it was just not, like you said, it wasn't necessary after, even like initially, it could have just like, okay, we're going to have him stop saying this stuff now. But exactly. now he's still a prejudice. Like just, how many times did Garcia have to be like, yo, stop. This is mm-hmm. <laughs> like the exchange they have in the car where she's yes. like, and like, I'm like, oh, yes, please have this discussion because as a black woman, I constantly feel like I have to have this discussion with other black people, specifically black men, when it comes to them realizing that, oh God, please do not call me a white man's whore, y'all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, just listen to me. There are some people who feel that they as black men have the hardest struggles ever in life. I'm As I say this, I'm not negating your experience. I'm not negating our people's experience. But I do think it's important to understand and have empathy that other cultures have struggles too. Okay? So (laughs) I say that with the exchange in the car they had and Brister realized, oh, you as a Mexican woman being in the police force, you you too have struggles. Like In a town controlled by cartels. You, you, and it was just like the look on his face. Oh, I guess we both like, like he's like, yeah, try and take a walk in my shoes. He's, I was like, yeah, you think? Yeah. Like, come on, man. It, it it was it was like it was the oppression Olympics. Yeah, like, on his side for a bit. I'm just like, you were literally in their country. You don't know how shit works there. How about you listen to her for a little bit? I just mm-hmm. it's one of my pet peeves when those discussions happen. Because people are just so quick to yeah. negate or just like say like, oh, no, 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 no. You have no idea what I'm going through. I'm like, obviously, everyone doesn't understand what everyone's going through. But the point is to listen to one another. Yeah. Because then you might find open. similarities. Hello? Hey. Okay. Oh, did you say something? Yeah. No, I said, yeah, no, it, 100%. It's to be open. It's to mm-hmm. it's to understand that everybody carries their own baggage and yeah. being open to understanding other people, which I think like because I think a lot of the times you will find more overlap than not. I mean, it's specifically speaking for people mm-hmm. of color. Um, yes. I, I mean, especially with the way the fucking U.S. is set up like. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is also one of those things is like 
at like when it came to how they incorporate. I said this because fun fact: I wrote three whole ass pieces on Sesmanos <laughs> because Only my three? original review, <laughs> my original review was two thousand words long. Jesus Christ. And Jeez. my editing team was like, yo, we can't publish this shit. This is real long. <laughs> so we ended up cutting out two other parts. And one was about Santa Muerte. And I went like into deep detail on that. And then the other one was on how they blended exploitation cinema and kung fu cinema. And like my my only critique is they they, they spend so much time in detailing out exploitation and like this uh narco cinema like this like those details and then they shove all the black exploitation into brister and that is the only time you really get it and he is mm. like he's um you're right he's a black dynamite black dynamite clone mm-hmm. um and it's frustrating because it, it is the only shortcoming of the show yeah. And I feel like they I feel like they felt that they had to do that to represent an American audience. Um you know what I mean? Like if they mm-hmm. had done this purely just as Mexicans talking to each other and everything, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be that like latch that that, that hook for us to uh, for Americans to latch onto. You know, like none let Oh, for sure. It's like definitely the argument that people said like no, I don't think it's an argument. I just think it's a point. Like Black Panther, mm. like the CIA agent. Yeah, people complained about like what purpose did he serve there, and been like, because I'm not gonna lie, he did he did one thing, yeah. and if he wasn't there besides doing that one thing, the movie really wouldn't have changed that much. Yeah. So, I'm just saying. I'm like not like, but I think that's something that happens a lot in movies. They insert a character where it's like. This character isn't really needed. Or, oh, the worser extreme is Matt Damon in the wall. Uh, I yeah. think that's... Well, that's what I was also thinking, too. I was <laughs> like, if with all of my problems with Brister, at least they mm-hmm. chose somebody and tried to style him off of another type of exploitation cinema. Right. Because, like, it, I feel like it might... It would have been ten times worse with a white dude doing that. Like, it would have been 10 yeah. times worse for me to see. And, it, it like, being bigoted, like, I have been told, go back to your country by literally every fucking race there is. It sucks. Yeah. And it always sucks. Yeah. But yeah. it sucks a little bit more when it's a white person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, like, mm-hmm. I feel like they knew what they needed him to play. And so I think that that is why they chose Mike, uh, Mike Coulter. Yeah. Um... Another good choice to pull him in. His voice acting's great; like he's a great addition to the cast. His just his writing's bad. It's the it's the only fault I have with the show, really. Mm. Yeah, um, and like I said, I can only assume. I hope we're done with that shit after season one. Mm-hmm. If if Brister is still saying y'all talking Mexican, I'm done. I'm, like so I'm like, not gonna stop watching the show. I'm just saying that character. <laughs> I'm just saying that character, I'm done. We're going like, to throw the whole character out. <laughs> yeah, put it in rice. Uh, to be fair, I mean, it, he did seem to have a nice come around at the end. Yeah. So. He definitely did. I think he definitely goes through his whole, like, I have an, a better understanding now that yeah. I've met. Oh, wait. People. Sometimes Mexicans want to fight the drug dealers and not be them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait what'd you say i said oh wait sometimes mexicans want to fight the drug dealers and not be them is <laughs> that's pretty much his entire like thing as a dea dea agent but like it, it's it's also like really common in, in narco cinema and like that type of stuff so like that's fine mm-hmm. but better written dialogue man true that's all it which taken. is like wait i'm hoping anybody who like watch this they could maybe it would like shine a light on how ignorant they were yeah like I'm just like uh, I, that that would be great if like the people who were just like oh wait you mean they don't want the cartels there? no they don't want the cartels yeah. there you idiots. oh my god the funniest thing is uh when i tweeted out my review somebody somebody commented in my review saying oh yeah i loved it when they spoke mexican and i did not know if that fucker was joking <laughs> or if he was being serious. And so I just I just responded with the asterisks and put Spanish. <laughs> I saw that. I might have liked it, I think. But yes. <laughs> Smart move, friend. I'm like <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're going at here. 
Like, are you making a joke about this series? Yeah. It's so hard to tell. Yeah. It's it's rough. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, well, real quick, um, since we wanted to keep this um, yes, brief, yes, yes, yes. but what were you, if you had to say top three favorite parts from this season? Okay, so number one is the first big battle we have uh, mm-hmm. when uh, Silencio is with his girlfriend and she starts singing Malombre. Mm-hmm. Um, that song is actually really beautiful for the for the show and like for that scene. So like Malombre is a Tejano song from I think it's like the 1930s and it entirely talks about a woman's abuse. And so, like, to have Isabella being, like, the main focus and taking taking down these monsters in it and, like, coming to terms with understanding and letting go of her father and then also having um, Silencio, who is fighting against being that that, that bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really beautiful scene. And uh, I don't know who they got to sing it, but the voice was beautiful. Like, it, that's my favorite one. Uh, my second favorite scene is honestly, uh, you know, it, it's gotta be when all, when, uh, there's that giant pile of bodies in the middle of San Simon, because I didn't think they'd go that dark, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is, these are the people who made Castlevania. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. It was, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh gosh, that's real bad. And then the, uh. Like my third one would would be when uh, Isabella's fighting inside herself, and you get the line that's pretty close to uh, Bruce Lee's, like "Be like water." Yeah, um, and you see her strength—not just her physical strength, but her like mental strength as mm-hmm. well. Um, so th- those are probably my top three. Nice, I like those. Um, so for me, I would definitely say <laughs> the reveal with the church. Ooh yes, with the with the padre, and it's it is specifically because again, as I said, I'm a Christian, but I'm the kind that likes I will call out the the, the BS from the church's past, yeah, and like throughout history of like the manipulation and everything, and just like getting that reveal, I was like, I knew it. You can't trust priest in anime. No, nope, never, never, you, not a one, except unless they're blue exorcists and they do and they exorcise demons. That's, That's it. it. That is it. But my rule remains, you never trust the priest in anime. So that was really dope, that getting that reveal. Um, yeah. I also enjoyed the... Oh, I'm trying to think. It's the it's the scene where... God dang, God dang it. Sorry, I'm, like, I'm having a blank. Um, oh, it's when they are pinned down. Mm-hmm. In the in the jailhouse, <gasps> yeah. That's, so it's that scene. I couldn't I couldn't think of the name of a jailhouse. Oh, later. where Piejo does the the thing, mm-hmm. the thing that Jesus teaches. Yeah, that's real good. Yeah, with the dogs. Yes, and like that whole thing. And then it's like they're pinned down for forever, and then they find out like, oh, no one's getting shot. None's happening, and it's because Silencio has taken out all the snipers. everybody. Next twisted. You can see the spine. It is bad. But he's, he he just like so quickly took out everybody. Just, again, shows his scale of power. Yeah. And like how deadly he is. Um, and then lastly for me, I think it would definitely be when they, the flashback of Isabella and she's like, I can't remember what died. Was it a pet? But she was like talking yeah. about it was the her da- little like, bird. Right, it was the bird. So her like seeing her like like you get, really get a sense of like her as a character, but like then also the relationship between her and her father of like them like talking like him like she's just like so by the book and she's so focused on like doing things right and everything. Mm-hmm. But then it's also revealed later because, like, apparently something kept on digging up the bird and she thought she was doing something wrong. It was yeah. all her fault. So then it, it's revealed that Silencio stopped whatever was, like, I think it was a raccoon or whatever, or a coyote, from digging it up. And he never said he never said it was him. 
but yeah. he did it because he didn't want her to like freak. He didn't want it. He didn't want her to think it was her fault anymore. And he cares. He's so loving. He's so loving, and he cares, but he doesn't say it with words, obviously, because he yeah. can't, or he chooses not. I, mean, I don't. I guess. Not correct me if I'm wrong. It's that he can't speak, and he chooses not to try to speak. Correct. Since it's, what well Bade did to him. Yeah, it's because they cut out his tongue. Right. So yeah. Okay. And that okay. that would that is in the first episode in the trailer. That's not a spoiler. Um, Ooh yeah. But that yeah. Was- yeah, they, I think I think that's what it there. is. It was bad. Like those flashbacks they show for Silencio. Like, oh my god, boy had a troubled ass life. Yeah, very, 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 very. I just like, I just want to give him a hug. I know. I want to tell him it's all okay and it's not his fault. Give him a hug but... with my legs. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay for me to say, not you. I'm the thirsty one on this podcast. <laughs> with my legs all right (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness okay oh any last thoughts on six miles (laughs) on that note we're gonna end this this is gonna go this could quickly take a turn to the after dark section of the podcast (laughs) oh goodness um yeah no i mean i love it obviously (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. it is it is the holy trinity of I, kate yeah or unho- the unholy trinity of kate yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i love it so much um i oh one more thing i do want to point out like gringo is like really just something you call mexicans or not mexicans sorry gringo is really something you just call americans a lot of the time mm. like regardless of what they are <laughs> I love that he so didn't I do get that. Point that out. I do love that he did not get that every time. I'm like, it's because you're American, dumbass, and it's because the yeah, because it's also whole- one of those things too where you're like, pinche gringo. Like it, it's one of those things where like, you don't say it unless that person is really fucking annoying you. Mm-hmm. I at least picked up on that one. <laughs> Brist- Br- Brister was just God. Who he, he was needed a help. lot. He was a lot, but you know. Uh, here's to season two with Brister not being the most annoying character, hopefully. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I, if that is, like, that, that is what sucks. Like, it is a near perfect series, but, like, Mm. it was, it, it felt to, like, everything else was done to the point where you know, you knew that these guys knew their shit. Like, you knew that they knew exploitation cinema. They knew Mm -hmm. kung fu cinema. I'm like, yo, did you did, like? Did you just watch an episode? Of, like, uh, did you just watch one movie and call it a day with Brister? Um, yeah, but <laughs> hopefully they fix that. I mean, I think that they like it, it's an easy thing to fix. Oh yeah, I feel like honestly, for me, had it had they just like cut out his prejudice, like obviously his prejudice isn't gonna go away overnight. But if like the whole like quips like i felt like that was half of his personality like yeah. if that could have just like been dialed back by the maybe third episode yeah i'd be good with that but yeah yeah it's fine it's not fine but it's fine it's, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um final thoughts for me i'm upset that i have to wait now um I know it hasn't even gotten officially renewed. Oh, we better be getting a season two. I know. I don't have time for Netflix and the BS with the whole, oh, we only do two seasons or one season. No, no, I will. I will burn it all down. Yeah. I will go to wherever Netflix is stationed. I don't know where their like headquarters is, but I'm going to burn it all down if we do not get a season two. Please don't arrest me. I'm not going to burn anything down. But, um, like, give us a season two. <laughs> give us, please. You, y'all can't do this to me. I've already, like, fiending for Castlevania season three. Now I have to fiend for Seis Mano season two? Yeah. This isn't fair. You can't keep making really good anime and not be and not have already announced that it's coming again. Mm-hmm. 
So I do think that we have, uh, so I do believe they started uh, planning for season two. So hopefully. My assumption with that ending, which we're not going to give too many spoilers away in this episode, because y'all just go watch it. One, support this awesome series, but also it's good. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody either. But that ending, there has to be a season two. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to me rant about all this, Nisha. I feel like I talked way more than I should have. <laughs> no, you talked a perfect amount. You could, I honestly could listen to you talk about it more. If you want to... I would make you give a whole TED Talk on this with PowerPoint slides <laughs> and everything. Because I... It really helped me even learn more about this. And now I want to go and rewatch it again because I, I would have not have known like all the little details and, like regarding like the Mexican culture and the religion. Like I could like, I could pick up on context clues, but I really enjoyed you bringing that to this discussion. It oh, was very you. helpful and enlightening. Fun fact. I've watched the series through three times now. How? Kate? I just put it on in the background now. I love it. So where are you at with Promised Neverland, though? That's in Japanese. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't speak that. Catherine! I'm sorry! (laughs) It has been on Adult Swim for over months now. I'm sorry. This is, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell at you. I'm sorry. I love you. Nisha, I am doing my part to make sure that they get a season two. I can't be mad at you because your streams count. Exactly. So, that's the only reason why I'm not upset. But exactly. I need y'all to remind Kate on Twitter anytime <laughs> she's talking about any other anime besides Seis Manos that she has to finish The Promised Neverland. Because fun fact, it's getting a live action. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, we will discuss it later, like on another episode. Maybe the episode where we talk about the Promised Neverland after Kate watches the entire series. I mean, season of season one. That's only twelve episodes. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's fine. We've got time. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, where can I find us, Kate? <laughs> gosh if you want to join our conversation and talk with us about us let us know what you thought about safe models and you know just get at us uh you can find us on twitter at dyht underscore pod and you can find me at oh my myth randier uh, i do know because we are over 500 followers now we're gonna have to suffer through the last airbender initial of eventually yeah it's weird we're also over 600 now so if we get to 750 we also have to watch ghost in the shell it's gonna be a rough november isn't it it's gonna be we'll (laughs) see if we get there um only thanks to viewers like you (laughs) yeah i mean i think we could probably get we'll definitely watch avatar the last airbender before the end of this year yeah but we might, I, I fear that we might have to watch Ghost in the Shell before the end of this year, too. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe we should do, we should make, definitely make a huge event of it and make people join us, like, in the Discord and listen to us scream. Oh, yeah. I think that would be, that would be a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and times. we're also, so I think Carolyn Tuesday's second half comes up in December, so we should do a review of Carolyn Tuesday, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because Netflix is giving us all this diverse anime content. Mm Mm-hmm. It's almost as if they're finally listening to the audiences and what we want. I know. It is a glorious time to be a weeb. It really is. It is is a glorious time to be a weeb who looks like us. Yes. That is true. So happy. Also, where can they find you, Nisha? Oh, they can find me also on Twitter at L-A underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A. Time for the Dragon Ball Z outro. Well, you didn't tell them, but you could find you. I did! Did you? Yeah! 
Oh, my bad. Okay. Just in case, you can find me at Omar Mithrandir. I will probably still be yelling about Sismanos, but, like, it's totally worth it because I have had at least 11 different people DM me telling me how much they like Sismanos and how they watched it because I brought it up. So, like, I'm going to keep spreading the gospel of Santa Nusefra. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> um, yeah, with that... Will I ever stop hounding Kate to watch The Promised Neverland? Will Kate ever finish watching The Promised Neverland? Will we ever be over how great Seis Manos is? Find out next time on Did You Have To. Bye. Bye.